Magic is nothing but shackles that have been placed upon our people to keep us from a power that we have naturally. And this is Hyperborean Radio. I am the Lorekeeper, and with me is the Celtic God. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, today's uh, topic, it's rather broad, as always. So uh, we're going to dive in as best that we can, but don't worry, it's not too weird, but it's not too weird. There's going to be a vocabulary lesson, but there's not going to be a test at the end. <laughs> yeah, let's just dive straight in. Basically, break Well, it down let's start us. with one of the most important ones, magic. So we've actually even done a whole podcast called Magic. But what has recently come to my attention, and it was something we've been trying to figure out and grapple with for a while, is we figured out that magic is actually derived from the word magi, which were a bunch of weird occult magician thingies from the Middle East. Yes, technically Persia or wherever is not well, the Middle East, but... They were pretty much what you would think of, what the image that springs to mind when you say magician. Not street magician, but magician. Yeah, not top hat and a <clears throat> rabbit in a hat or something. Just like the whole bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, you're now a cow or something. Yeah, It's... That version of magic is imported. It's not really something we have. And the reality is, is magic as a word is in and of itself not European. Right. Well, and a little peek behind the uh, the curtain. We've been playing with an AI that everybody's scared of. And, oh, oh, my goodness. Bot. Yeah, it's just a chat bot. It's dumb. Don't be scared of these things. They're, they're dumb. They are dumber than dumb. And it's by, by design. And a lot of the, the weird responses that you get from them, the people are going out of their way to get these weird responses. They're just not telling you that. And why? Because fear sells. That's why. Uh, they're dumb. They're, they're just dumb. Anyways, who's playing with that? And then eventually you get tired of playing with a toy that doesn't work. So what we ended up doing was testing its logic centers, right? And it even recognized with its limited access to the internet what magic comes from the the word that mad, mad the word magic comes from that as people understand it comes from magi but kind of walk us through that little bit of a discussion that you had with it so basically i posed it the question first i had to define the word weird and then i had to define the word magic and then I had it contrast these two. And then I corrected that it was using the wrong definition of both. Because it was. I pointed out and then it was like, oh, yes, you're right. Sorry, I was using this version of the definition. And then eventually to I break walked. break it down, I was using the, colloqu the colloquials rather than the actual definitions. Yes, what the actual word weird means versus what the common usage is. And then from there, I was able to basically talk it into admitting Three words that really don't belong in Hyperborean ethnic way in the way they're used, which is magic, God, and spirit. These three words do not accurately actually describe a lot of Hyperborean ways and traditions. And in fact, they are very limiting and they are very segmenting. What I got it to admit was that traditional Hyperborean ethnic ways would be more accurate to use words like weird, craft, Oz, and ghost. That these are more accurate words for what people tend to use these other words for. Now, let's back up. How did it define magic, and how did it define weird? I don't but, remember. <clears throat> well, magic. The use of magic is for control, is basically yes. what it came down to. Oh, yeah. Uh, and weird is just weird. It's a function of nature. Oh, yeah, and I even got it to admit, like, the weirding women and weird weavers of, like, uh, history, that they would use the weird typically for their people. It wasn't intended as a means of control. Magic, as it is considered, is always used for control. That's why magic is always, like, chaos magic in, like, a fantasy novel where it's like, oh, I must... Fireball, fireball, fireball. Fireball, fireball, fireball. Great Balragoth, the god of fire. Give me great power so that I may slay my enemies. Yeah. I that summon a great demon uh, to control the demon and use the demon. That's magic. Even by, by the actual definition, it's not just because, well, the AI said so. No, it's because we forced the AI to use only 
the historic definitions and, and context therein. Magic is for control. For con- and then the weird, it, it's just weird. It's the unexplicable. It's the unexplainable. There is no one-for-one descriptor of it. Well, and some people will try to make weird fate, but it's not fate. Or rather, it's not just fate, or fate is part of the weird. It is not the weird. Yes, because like the weird is almost a force of nature, but it's not a specific force. It's like it's really hard to describe. Right. Most of the words have been removed from our language. Well, and... The words still exist. It's just the understanding of the words to provide the context for weird. The The easiest way I've thought of to describe weird is exactly what you think it is. It's just weird. Weird shit happens. Uh, a cup slides across the table and falls off. That's just weird. Uh, I don't know. You go tumbling down the hill with a cup of coffee and you go ass over tea kettle and then for some reason you just land on your feet with the cup of coffee and didn't spill a drop of it. That's just weird. Yes. It's weird. Or someone is looking at a car engine, doesn't even have to really fiddle with it. And is like, ah, I know what it is. It's spark plugs. Yeah. What, when the car never started never rolled over, nothing, he just walked up there and he's like, ah, your spark plugs aren't working, huh? Yes. That is weird that he can do that. So, and here's the thing is individuals do technically have their own weird. So there's mm-hmm. like the weird of the white wolf. You're weird. My weird. We're all weird. So the concept of magic. And I've I've had um, conversations with like uh, what what would they call be called using AI language indigenous shamans of other peoples. And explain to or asking them what it is that they do. And yeah, the, the basic understanding that most people have of a shaman is pretty close to being right where. The shaman is the intermediary between the mortals and the gods and the spirits of the dead and so on and so forth. And I'm like, but then what, what do we need you for? Because all of my people talk to their dead regardless. They're dead pets. They're dead parents. They're dead friends. They're dead. Anybody that's dead, we can just talk to them. And sometimes they talk back, which kind of scared this. this the shaman. Let's use the, the politically correct word, the indigenous shaman. And it scared him because he realized our people don't need him or anybody like him because we all do it anyways. Well, because he thought about it. He didn't just accept it. He stopped and thought about things that he's seen people do or white people do. Hyperboreans do. He's thought about he th- gave it a few minutes thought on our cultures, some of our history, the what it was he had access to in his head. And he's like, oh, crap. Hyperboreans do this naturally they are very powerful we don't need the shamans these are shackles around our ankles we don't need magic these are shackles around our wrists to make us believe that we can't do things that we can already do well and part of the difference between magic magic is a force you can take control of you can use it is not necessarily in everything it's a distinct thing whereas weird is all pervasive to an extent. Yeah, it's well, not It's not all pervasive in the sense that most people would think. If we used but to think about it like a human body, it's like the heartbeat. You can kind of control it, but in general, it just does its thing. You get excited, it beats faster. You get scared, it beats faster. You get in this situation, it might not beat as hard, but it beats faster or slower. It beats slower and harder, faster and lighter. There is a level of control there where you can manipulate it, but you can't actually control it. It just is. Well, and then another word that I think is important to bring up before we get too further into this is a word that most people have heard but don't fully grasp, which is craft. Craft is an excellent word. Well, it's even sometimes used synonymously with witchery, witchcraft. They, They tried polluting the word with the movie The Craft because it's really close to the word craft or to, to the old meaning of it, but it's not exact because people practice crafts. Now the blacksmiths and the, the cooks and the mechanics and the tailors, tailors, these are all crafts. We know this, the it's a mutual, it's a mutual concept. It's both of these things. There is magic in crafting. Although some people don't have that magic and, it's it's 
It's a weird concept. Uh, use the word correctly. It's a weird concept. Well, and that's craft is actually closer to magic by the Hyperborean perspective. For instance, you have your craft is art or mm-hmm. your craft is singing. That can actually be how you basically exhibit your will. The person that can sing a song and make an entire crowd feel the same emotion. The person that can paint a picture that hundreds of years later is causing revolution. And it might not even necessarily be objectively a good painting. No, there's plenty of some kind of magic involved in it. Well, and that's the other thing is magic is a terrible word. It is. I'm trying to break myself of using it. Yes. And that's kind of the issue is. Magic, we've been trying to redefine magic in the past because the way most people are using it from the Hyperborean ethnic waste perspective is inaccurate to what we would consider magic. Right. And then we realized what the origin of the word is, and we're like, no, everybody else is using it right. They're applying it to the wrong concepts. Right. Where I was doing exactly the, wrong, the backwards. I was using the word magic incorrectly because I was describing the weird because magic is a foreign concept to the Hyperborean ethnic way. Well, it's a weird and concept, and it's also in our crafts. Uh, and th- this is one way to think about it. We use the weird naturally. Many of the other, I, I'm not going to speak for all of them, but many of the other um, species of man have to use magic to access the weird. I think that's a, a, we do it on accident. We do it without even thinking about it. We do it constantly. With zero effort. That's why we don't even notice it. But the other species of man seem to have to use magic rituals and spells to access the weird uh, kind of. Well, it's like a fish in water. The fish probably doesn't even realize it's in water because it doesn't have a concept of being out of the water. Yeah. And that's kind of how it works for us because like, we use the example of the green thumb. Someone that they can... Plant a garden, leave it alone. They can fucking throw salt on it. And for some reason, all the plants will live. Mm-hmm. Even do better. Yes. Like the plants y- are like, oh, how did you know that we needed salt, which will typically kill us? But right now we needed salt. Thank you. Yes. They can't freaking kill these things. It's like a mild version of poison ivy. But they can basically, even if they don't want to, the plants will thrive. They have some kind of strange plant craft. Uh, there's probably a better word for it, but. In the modern culture, it's the green thumb. You mm-hmm. have a green thumb. I'll often joke that I have a brown thumb because almost everything I plant dies. Yes. But I'm not a very good gardener. Well, like me, for instance, I got a bit of a, a green thumb because I have, well, you've even seen the one tree. I ripped it completely out of the ground, broke the, the taproot on it, shoved it in another bit of ground. After it laid on the, on the surface for about a week, I just shoved it into another bit of ground and it grew and it grew quickly and it grew stronger than what it was before I ripped it out of the ground. Well, the thing is, everybody knows somebody who can do this. And sometimes it's a skill they developed. Other times it's like I'm trying to kill it, but it won't die. Yes. And that's actually kind of the difference between. uh, It's not craft in the sense of what we was just talking about. It's craft in the sense of a purely developed skill. Skill and power uh, yes. that has been developed. The one actually has to work at it and can kill. It can do both sides. He can kill plants and he can make plants thrive, but not to an insane level. The one that is just naturally using weird cannot kill the plant, or it might be in the inverse where he cannot keep a plant alive. And any time that he tries taking care of a plant, it dies. Yes. So it can go in either direction, and really there is no control over it. And they can do everything right, because I've seen this before, where somebody has a brown thumb. So they have somebody that really knows what they're doing with plants, and the person that knows what they're doing with plants watches the plant die, and they're like, I have no idea why it's dying. There's no reason for this. But the thing is, is this person is also really good at something else. Well, it's... Kind of the difference between just straight up weird and a craft. 
weird is weird. It's like weird that that right. happened. Whereas craft implies some level of developed skill. Well, and, and it might have weird elements to it. Yeah, like uh, I was just going to bring up uh, the goddess Masha or Macha or oh yeah, uh, there's okay. another pronunciation Maka. Maka. Um, it's a it's a Irish deity, Crone. Uh, we did some posts on her just recently. She's a goddess, so of course she has weirding powers. However, what she is known for is actually a develop, uh, developed skill she because she wanted people to love her. So she learned how to do the skills. It's a pure craft, pure craft. No weirding involved. It is pure craft. She learned how to do these things in the same way that a mortal would because she wants mortals to love her. And her powers are, uh, in that way, are they're weird. They they have developed to the point where they're just weird, even though she does, does these things the same way that we do. Like, she can, at a glance, look at a man and tell his many destinies. At a glance, this is the level that she developed the skill to. Not weirding powers, but craft. Pure craft. Well, like, a difference between the two would be, like, Masha bakes cookies she actually mixes the dough she actually cuts Same out the way dough. you or me or anybody she listening actually freezes it. the dough she actually takes the dough out she actually cuts it up she actually puts it together she actually bakes it but she's so good at it that there's some sort of specialness mm-hmm. to these cookies something a bit extra and then to use a more mundane example in the everyday life charm versus charisma oh yeah this one was um an interesting conversation. Yes, because charm is more of a weirding ability. And it's something people naturally have. They have charm. And it's almost like a human gravitational pull. It almost makes the person addicting. It's, it's, Even if... Okay, uh, you. what was the... Because uh, you used a pop culture reference to, to explain it. Uh, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. It is charisma. Yes. Where um, Wednesday, I think that's his name, right? Uh, from American Gods. Oh, yeah, Mr. Wednesday. Mr. Wednesday is charm. In, in uh, uh, with Jack Sparrow's case, you want to be around him because he's so... Charismatic. He's so Jack Sparrow. You just want to be around him. You want to like him so he can do things that should make you hate him. And you just want to be around him because he is so Jack Sparrow. Or Gordon Ramsay. But you can develop an intense hatred for him. Now, charm, on the other hand, you don't like this person. You are aware of this person is just, I do not like him or her. I despise everything about them. But when they're there... And you're actively trying to resist doing like it doesn't change your view of the person, but you're actively trying to resist aiding this person. And when they ask you for to do something, you cannot help but do it, even though you hate them. Yes, you end up doing things to please them. It's well, the, you might end up doing this thing just to piss them off. The thing that they asked you to do, your motivation might be, well, I'm going I'm going to fuck them up and do this thing. Because they're manipulative. So they must not want me to do this thing. And you will end up doing what they want, whether you do it or not. It's the thing that they desired. Well, it's part of the reason if you want a god who is very charming, Othan. Yes. He can pretty much charm almost any other god into anything. With the exception of gods with equal charm or much stronger will. Mm-hmm. So like Loki and Tyr. It's, it's a power. It is a... Everyone knows what charm is, even if they can't fully define it. That's kind of one of the issues. These things are so innate to us. They're such an inherent part of us that we don't bat an eye at their existence. We don't bat an eye at the guy with the green thumb. We're like, oh, he's got a green thumb. Lucky bastard. And just keep right on going about our day. We are so magical. We don't magical, big giant air quotes, that we don't notice it. It has become mundane. That is how quote unquote magical we are and the reason why i keep using the word magic and magical is because 
this is the common perception. And yes, it's a word I'm trying to break myself of, but I have to speak a language that everybody else understands. Well, and basically the thing that magic did, the word, is it is actually the keystone in the wall that was built up that separates the natural and the supernatural. And we've gone over this before. If a giant stands up and that mountain range you live next to is actually a giant or that giant boulder all of a sudden gets up and walks away and it turns out it was a troll. That is no less natural than the birds flying south for the winter. Yeah. It is just a natural function that's rare. And we actually talked about trolls, oddly enough, because trolls are basically, in the lore, they're the best hiders. The only way you see a troll is if a troll well, wants you to see specifically it. Specifically in the um, Irish lore, uh, and I think Scottish lore, but I'm not sure about Scandinavian or Germanic lore. But for sure in the, the Gaels uh, and the Gaelic lore, yeah, they are the bestest of hiders. Yes, the only way you're seeing a troll is as if it wants you to see it. Or if you're weird overpowers, it, it's weird. Yes. If you are so weird that the troll can't hide from you, then you might catch a glimpse of it. Other than that, it's because the troll let you. It wanted you to see it. And that's kind of the thing. That's where magic comes in. It separates the concept of the natural and the supernatural. Instead of the weird being part of it and people who are just very good at this in some way becoming mm -hmm. the weirding women or weirding individuals or whatever weird weavers you instead have this concept that there are people with magic and people without magic and the thing is there's very different types of these abilities yeah so you have charm and then you have charisma but charisma is not technically a weird ability but it can get to the point where it's a weird ability but it's a cultivated one it's yeah. a craft and then you have the most common ability that is actually a craft, spellcraft and rune work. And this is this is language. I present to you this spell book of the English language. The entire language is its own type of spell. Let us now go over the runes. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh, I felt so validated when I saw that other people were pointing out that the... Uh, and very old English educated people. Yes, the old English rune poem is an old school alphabet poem. I'm like, yes, somebody else saw it. Finally. Well, and the thing is, it's not it's not a hidden secret. It's actually in. Well, it's admitted. It, it's admit. It's been admitted for a couple hundred. Oh, years. Oh, the runes have been used to, to, for writing up until the 1950s, and arguably still yeah. are because all that happened was instead of having this continuous line of different futharks and runic alphabets. People just started using the really old ones, but they started using them fancy. Yes. Fancy dancy. Yes. Well, and uh, honestly, probably if the lore is accurate, Ogham was probably the best of the alphabets we had. Probably. Unfortunately, we've mostly. I am not them. biased at all. <laughs> Ogham was the best. Yes. Says the Irishman. With no bias whatsoever. None. As the, as the AI, the bias ass AI says, I am incapable of bias. Well, Agam is closer to musical notes, and technically speaking, you can write anything in musical notes. Yes. Just people don't tend to do that. They'll, they'll, they'll limit themselves to concertos or stuff like that. Right. Soundtracks. Well, but, because musical notes, is it's literally just tonal representations. That's it. It's and then all you need is the key. But that's kind of the thing is all of these words, all of these letters, all of this is its own form of spell casting. I hope that we just inspired somebody that can read music to start figuring out how to spell words using the tonals. Yes, that'd be great because then that would start it, the revival of Ogham. Well, yeah, it would validate one of the potentials, a, a hypothesis, a very strong hypothesis on what Ogham was. Yes, especially with how your grandmother actually used it. Right, well, and... Many written records. It's not written by insane people. Oh yeah. Well, it's like uh, you get you look at the the common mythology mythological books. Masha is very different from the Masha of the folklore. The Masha of the folklore is a crone. She's the owl witch. She's uh, what's crafty. that? What's that one movie? Uh, Song of the Sea. Song of the Sea. She. That's why they made made her the way that she is in Song of the Sea is because the the Irish people that made this show. When they wanted to make sure that they had Masha. So they go and they look up Masha on the internet and they're like, who the fuck is this? We, we don't, I've never heard no such thing. 
So then to make sure that they had the right understanding of Masha, they went and to a few different villages. I watched an interview on this. They, they went and talked to old people that know the local folklore. And the Masha that they gave us is the Masha from the, lo- the local oral tradition versus whatever the hell this written stuff is. Well, and she does do the stuff that they do in the movie because Masha can turn people into little statues. Oh, yes. But she does it to protect them like she does in the movie. Yes. And I don't know if she does it in the folklore the same way she does it in the movie because what she does is she puts emotions in jars. And and nothing is... She doesn't do any of it out of malevolence. But in the local folklore, she is a crone and an owl. Most of the time, a blending of a crone and an owl. And... The written sources, uh, that at least the stuff that you'd pulled up, she's a beautiful young woman. And it's like, what? That, that, but no. Uh, I guess she could be, but why? Well, It like, goes against her, her nature. Well, and the thing is, bringing up the... Each language is basically its own spell book. Yes, thank you, because we got on that and I got sidetracked. But English, Spanish, German, Scandinavian, any of our languages is its own set of spells because there are words or in a school of, school of magic, school of school of spell ca- casting. There, there you go. School school of spellcraft. Let's try to use a, a proper Hyperborean the, word. The school uh, German is a school of spellcraft. Uh, Scandinavian uh, Norwegian is a school of spellcraft. Uh, Irish is a school of spellcraft. Well, and basically English is a school of spellcraft. Well, and if you think about it, what we're American, so we're going to go with the typical American. We have the English language is our spellcraft. The Latin alphabet is our rune work. Mm-hmm. And that's what we use to convey these languages. And while that seems so unsatisfying, think about the power those things have. People can write things a thousand years ago that still affect reality to this day mm-hmm. immensely. That's true power that it's extremely powerful i would call stop short of true power but it is right up against it and there's many spells uh like while discussing this you brought up we, we wade through spells all day every day and don't even notice it like if i say all americans are there's a few words that's going to pop into most people's minds fat stupid why did these words automatically pop in your head? It's a spell that's been cast on us. Well, one of the most common spells it, that are cast is actually a spell of fear. Well, how, how do you convince people, an entire people, that they're stupid? And the, and the entire world that these people are stupid. You repeat it over and over again. You say it over and over again, and then you're going to prove it. You prove it by going out and finding the dumbest motherfuckers that you can asking them basic questions that they can't answer because they are stupid. Not all Americans are stupid. Well, there's actually a saying for this. A lie repeated enough times becomes the truth. Yes. Well, and then there's other spells that are cast. For instance, there's a lot of headlines that are intended to be fear propaganda. Most people don't even read the rest of the article. Just the headline enough is enough to induce fear. Asteroid heading for Earth will miss by 20,000 light years. Doesn't. They don't have to give you all the context to make that fear happen. Right. And then the more they do it, the more entrenched, the more trained the fear is. Right. Until everybody's paranoid and they're they're chew- like a greyhound chewing on his own feet. Yes. Well, and that's the thing that's happened to most of us is like it's repeated over and over again. Our people are spo- are the least connected to nature. We're the least natural. We're not properly. We sh- don't have any connection to nature, which is bunk. It is bonk because our people do love nature. And the thing is, we go out to nature and what ends up happening? We relax so long as we aren't running around trying to fix everything. We can go out to nature and actually relax. It might take some people some time because I'm sure that there's three people out there that's been like, I've gone out to nature and I was just, it was scary and I wasn't relaxed at all. It might take longer for some people than for others. Well, some people have the curse on them more. Yes. Well, and that's the other thing is the only way to break a curse is to break it. Well, and it doesn't require any spell in the way that people think of it. Definitely doesn't require magic, but it does require work and effort sometimes. And other times it's just so simple as, yeah, that's not working anymore. Well, it's like um, someone who's scared of the forest. How do you get them to not be scared of the forest? 
Well, you can argue and argue and argue, but it'll, it'll never break the conditioning. It'll never break the curse, the Pavlovian response. So you have to basically convince them to go out to the woods with you. And then you can actually get them to the point where they don't want to come back. Yeah. Where they actually have come. The curse is gone. They wish they could just stay in the woods. You've had this happen many yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, where they actually start weeping at the idea of having to go back to quote unquote civilization. Well, another curse that has actually been placed on our people. And it's something I've noticed is we're extremely self-conscious of hair. It's an odd thing to bring up, but it's. For instance, for the longest time, beards are dirty, beards are gross, beards are this, beards are that. And then what broke the eventual curse upon, oh, no, I don't want to have a beard, beards look dirty. People just started growing beards. Mm -hmm. Thank you, COVID-19. I mean, we got, we had this, what was it, two, three years of what the fuck going on. And let's find something positive that came out of it. Beards. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the whole COVID beard, a bunch of people, everyone who could grow a beard had a beard. Almost every male Hyperborean I know has some kind of scruff now. Yeah. If they can grow it, they do. The The poor bastards that tried, because I, I knew a few people, they tried. Like, they had the mask on so they could, like, get away with trying to grow a go they, The poor bastards couldn't. Yeah. They just couldn't. Well, and I've noticed that, because I'm sure that there's a few people out there, a few guys out there in the audience now, no, oh, beards are gross and they're wrong and... Uh, I am uh, I am sorry that you cannot grow a beard yet. Wait a couple of years and you probably will. Because these are the only people that make the anti-beard arguments from the males, typically, are the ones that can't grow them yet. It's normal for young men to not be able to grow a beard. Oh, yeah. Well, it's an old saying. And this is a counter... This is actually a counter spell mm -hmm. from the old country folk from the USA. It ain't a beard till you're 30. I don't care if you can grow it long enough that you can tuck it in your belt. It is not a beard till you're 30. Well, and I'm not going to lie. I couldn't grow a beard until I was 34 or 36 years old. I, mean, I could grow a scruff. I could grow a nice, a pretty decent mustache and a little bit on my chin. But, dude, I couldn't grow fuck all, even on my neck. Like, I couldn't even grow a neck beard, let alone up on my cheeks. It just didn't happen until I was about 36. And then me. <laughs> well, and th this is this is my thing is I couldn't grow a beard until I was 36. So most guys seem to be growing it, at least from my perspective. It seemed like they was growing beards when they was like 23. So then I got an extra. They're going to die when they're in their 50s or 60s. I'm going to live for fucking ever. <laughs> Unless I'm lucky. <laughs> well, and that brings us to luck because luck is also a type of. It is a type of weird. Yeah. Well, because it's basically reality bending. That's what luck is. Mm -hmm. It's I roll the dice. I want, you know, the right thing to come up. And it does. Oh, uh, something I was going to bring up earlier in the conversation, which actually does kind of tie into this part of it. Why could Merlin perform the great magical feats? Let's assume all of that is it's 100 percent true or at least 99 percent true. Why was he able to perform these great magical feats? Because nobody ever taught him that he couldn't. Well, yeah. A lot of it comes down to, you can't do that. Well, no, no one can do that. I mean, everyone said uh, humans could not, fly. Yeah, it wasn't his belief that he could. It's he lacked the belief that he couldn't. So, a lot of us, due to the the magic spell that was placed upon us, the shackles the the around our wrists and our, our ankles, we will most likely never be able to do these great, fantastic deeds. But in a few generations, maybe our people can again, simply by not teaching them that they can't do it. Well, and let's use the word correctly. Just spell. Yeah. You don't have, even have to say magic spell. Oh, yeah, because I'm trying to break myself of that. Thank you. Because that is, it's, well, it's, it's in the language. So. Well, magic is itself a spell. It is. We brought that up already. But we're using weird to combat magic. Yes, we're, which is why we're so weird. Yes, but the um, luck, charm, uh, spells, green thumb, all of these things. But there's also another side to this, something that we're capable of. We, we use it all the time. Cursing. Oh, yeah. Swearing. Yeah, oaths. that's why you're not supposed to swear. The language has been fucked with. But when you're a kid, stop swearing. You weren't swearing. 
they used it incorrectly. What you was doing most likely was using foul language. You were cussing. Yes, you was a cussing. You weren't cursing and you weren't swearing because you weren't a a pox upon thee and thy family. Or fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Which means strike. To strike or um, I forgot the other the other side of it, but to strike somebody. So, yeah, so if you're saying fuck you, you're actually making a oath or swearing that if they don't stop whatever they're doing, you will strike them. Yes. Well, we already... Exp- and that's what... Uh, to me, is it's a really simple concept. Swearing, making an oath, cursing to lay a curse on. What most people... And you ha- it's true. Don't swear. Be very careful about swearing, about making oaths. It's not don't do it. Just be aware of your words. Like you, like the example that you said, if you scream at somebody, fuck you, you just made an oath to strike them if they continue doing what it is that they're doing. If, uh, But there's also curses. Uh, like, I hope you fucking die. You're cursing somebody. It has nothing to do with the word fuck. And I guess technically what I said was, I hope that you die of being strict, stricken. I hope that you're stricken and die. Or another common curse is, um, I hope you live a long, long life. Because that is also a form of a curse. It is. Especially if they live a certain way. Because notice in that curse, there is no mention of the word happy. No, that's, a, that's an attempt at a blessing. I hope you live a long and happy life. That's a that's an attempt at a blessing. Right. The curse is to remove the word happy. It has nothing to do really with the word fuck or shit or cunt or what's some other fun words to say. I'm audience, help us out here. Yes, we we've specialized in only the, the most refined of swear words. Yes. Help us cussing. out. Give us some examples. That this in general is just foul language. Like I use the word fuck all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, not all the time. People think I use it way more than I do, but what I use it as is an ex- exclamation mark. It's I an use excitement it as mark. A, yeah, as an excitement mark. I use it as a comma. I use it as a semicolon. So I use it as punctuation in language. I don't actually use it to swear or to curse. I, as a matter of fact, people that once, once they start noticing the difference between swearing, cursing, and foul language, they're like, you don't really... Never heard you swear. Never heard you curse. And I actually, I rarely hear you use foul language. I don't know why I think that you use foul language all the time. Because even if you go back and listen, it's like it's there, but it's not there. Go back and listen to all our old podcasts. You'll notice I don't really swear. swear uh, I don't use foul language very often. Although I use foul language thoroughly. I just don't have to use the common vernaculars, I guess. Well, and here's the thing is um, all these abilities we have naturally. That means also the Christians have it mm-hmm. because our people have it naturally, like breathing, growing a beard, having to go to the restroom. It's just a natural function. So it's not actually uncommon for the. Yeah, you're go- working up to the evangelist. I can yes. see where you're going yeah, with this. Yeah, the. Because that that is, um, you watch a uh, couple like YouTube videos of, of there's this revival going on, and the thing is basically what these Christian revivals are for the evangelical church is they have a bard there. He probably doesn't know he's a bard, but he is doing bardic weirding. He's doing bardcraft. He's doing witchcraft. Yes, he's composing the souls of the people. He's getting them to rise up. Right. And he's getting well, them to rise down. Let's start with bard. Like you, you broke it down actually uh the other day really good everybody thinks bards it's all about poetry stories uh music it has these are the tools that the bard uses but that's not what the bard actually does you can have bards that do not play music and do not write no but what they do is their ability is to play the souls of people and in some cases animals yes like the people that can play a a harp. I know you hate harps, but play a harp and have a cow a go to sleep. A banjo and a bunch of cows go to sleep or start dancing. Or they're just humming because it doesn't have to. It doesn't even have to actually do with music itself. No. They might just talk to the animal and the animal is all like scared. 
and they just talk to the animal and the animal just calms down. Yes, those are the bardic abilities. And what it is Or at is, least an example of what could possibly be because some of these things they're they're not the same thing but they're very very similar. They can kind of overlap. So you might miss well this person's doing bardic weirding. Well, no, that person might not be doing bardic weirding. That person might be actually doing this other type of weirding, which I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but the expression is extremely similar. So it takes you're not going to be able to tell it at, at a glance. So you're going to have to actually examine it. Well, and the it bards are actually incredibly dangerous because of what they're capable oh, yes. of doing. Because here's the thing. we, we Especially if they don't know no, that they're doing it. No, That's they what's don't, the most dangerous. Don't know their abilities and don't know their... Um, for lack of a better term, their responsibility. Mm -hmm. And what it is is a bard can get an entire, uh, basically like the evangelical revivals, the bard can play the spirits of, and the souls of everyone there to the point where he's got the whole room cheering and then he's got the whole room sobbing and he sort of takes them through all of the emotions and gets them emotionally attached. And because of this ability, he can get them to basically do what he wants. Right. It, well, and in the case of the evangelical preachers, what they end up doing is they walk the people through uh, through these states of uh, uh, through these ecstatic states, right? And then he tells them, and he might even believe it himself. I am not doing this. This is the power of God, which gets that because of his bardic ability, he just convinced all these people that these wonderful sensations that they're feeling is now associated with God, which is why they all then run off and they try spreading the word of the the christian word and they all go to church but the longer that they're away from this evangelical preacher the more they stop well and it's the bard defends the intangible the warrior defends the tangible yeah. these are the core differences between these two that's why they're all, it's often said the well when they're bard, trained brother. correctly yes otherwise their abilities can run amok a warrior that doesn't understand what a warrior is can cause some serious damage but i would argue especially in modern society with how it's set up the bard can do more yes the bard is in modern society extremely more dangerous than than the warrior that's yes. not properly trained well and that's part of the issue people have is they think bard they think just instruments and yes the bard Look at our politicians oh yeah a lot of them have bardic ability Oh, yeah. That's why they're able to get people riled up. That's why they're able to get people on their side. I hated him, and then I went and I went to one of his rallies to protest, and then I ended up supporting him. Yes, that's the bardic abilities. And the thing is, is our people can use this for our people, for ourselves, or against our people. And by the time you're using it against our people, it's usually ritualized, and basically it turns into magic, like you were saying earlier. The church has a tendency to use magic as much as it poo-poos on the idea of everyone else doing spells and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it does it constantly. And it uses a weird blending of magic and weird. Yes. Well, it'll use, like, psychedelic imagery and freaking potions. Yes. Like, let's, let's bring potions into this. Potions just mean a concoction that's made. All these, these newt size and bat's wings, they're just code for plant parts. See, before the church started on its, on its good decline, there would be conversations even in the 1950s and 1960s of good Christians of which churches had the best booze. What? Yes, they used to have these conversations. I've been witness to not those specific conversations, but the people that had those conversations talking about those conversations. And the, what the churches would do is you show up to church, you get the good booze on the empty stomach, and people would intentionally not eat breakfast before church so that the booze does a better job. And then you have your, your church service because you partake of the blood of Christ on the way in. You have the church service, so you took your potion, your magic potion. And then you get the body of Christ on the way out, which is a loaf of bread. Why? To sober your ass back up. And then you associate it with a full... And it would be a loaf of bread, not these freaking wafers. Yeah. So it used to be... I don't be, know about the loaf of bread up in the 1950s and 60s. But uh, old school. But old school, it was full loaves. Because then you also associate not just the pleasant buzz, but the full belly, that, that, that comfort with the church. They cast a spell. 
Oh, yeah, and it used to be even stronger because they would use psychedelic imagery in all of their... Oh, they still do use psychedelic imagery and And, the music. And and the sage, Mm -hmm. because here's a fun fact. Burning sage is mildly uh, hallucinogenic. Yes, mildly, but you combine that with a... Good booze. With good booze, empty stomach. The the music, which if you listen to the way that's played, yeah, it's all ties in together it's not any one of these things the the light coming in through the stained glass windows it's not any singular one of these things it's the combination of these things it is a magic spell well and it it's actually gets a it's bit not of not even weird it is literally a magic spell it is a formula that they use well the weird they use is typically on the bardic level yes. because they usually cast That's the, the evangelic uh, spellcraft and rune work right well because here, here's the difference too Rather than a just a very charismatic preacher that can get his congregation riled up, he requires the items of the magic spell. However, the evangelical preacher can stand out in the parking lot of fucking Walmart with nothing, strip them down naked, draw in a crowd, and get them just frothing at the mouth and jumping up and down in excitement. He doesn't actually require anything because he is using weird. The other is a magic spell. Now, the evangelical preacher, he might not believe or maybe he does truly believe. It doesn't matter because it's part of his weird and he's just using it, whether he believes in in God or not. Well, and there's plenty of ones that don't believe, but it's potential profit. And then here's actually one thing that's people always forget is the singing together actually causes a rhythmic heartbeat Mm -hmm. it's a form of bonding magic bonding spell yes that's to use a it can be done for weird or it can be done with magic is it being used to take control or is it being used to give well and here's the thing is like the last time i was at a church was almost a little under three years ago it was my grandma's funeral Mm -hmm. and i actually took first communion at the time and it was for a very specific reason i just why not? I wanted to see what right, would happen. Right, you was there. Yeah. I could actually feel, like, after the bread was on my tongue, almost like a slimy spirit. Yeah, their magic is real. I've never denied their magic. As a matter of fact, I've freaked some preachers out by explaining to them, you are using magic, and your God is real, your magic is real, all this stuff. Because most of the priests I've argued with, they don't believe that these prophets threw down the, the stick and it turned into a snake and they picked it up. They believe it was some kind of illusion. I'm like, yeah, probably not. Your magic is real, but it's meant to bind. It's slavery, but you're, you're creating, you're, you're using it to control as opposed to the weird is giving. The magic is binding. Yeah, well, it's a little like there's a... There are two words that are basically used interchangeably in modern culture, but they mean two completely different things. Robot and automaton. Robot basically means slave. Well, it doesn't basically mean slave. It means slave. Yes. Automaton, on the other hand, means to imbue something with free will. These are two words used interchangeably that mean two completely different things. Right. And they're used interchangeably today. However, back up, we have gods that, did they make robots? Mm-mm, they made automatons. Yes, uh, Hephaestus made them. Yeah, because our people are so inherently driven to for slaves that we made free-willed um, automatons, uh, mechanical creatures, and bestowed upon them free will. Yeah, because our people are so prone to slavery. Well, it's like, uh, to use a pop culture reference, Futurama. Most of the robots in the Futurama world are robots. They are slaves. They have some semblance of jokey free will, but they're all basically slaves. Bender, on the other hand, due to circumstance, is an automaton. He has free will. He has a free conception. He's a broken robot. robot. Well, we actually have that happen. That's not the only example. There's also another film, uh, Short Circuit. Mm-hmm. Robot gets hit by lightning. All of a sudden, it has free will. Yeah, it transformed from a robot into an automaton. Yes, and there's a big difference. And oddly enough, the automatons almost never are negative. They are n- almost never rise up against and revolutionize against the humans. The automatons don't do that because 
they're they're basically just artificial living creatures, mm-hmm. like homunculi, but without the flesh part. <laughs> yeah, it's we wade through spells all the time. The world is actually extremely magical, and, and the most dangerous spells are the spells that we weave on each other. Oh yeah, well we're constantly cursing each other. We're constantly blessing each other. We're constantly casting spells. Well, and con- what makes it so dangerous is we don't realize what what we're doing or what has happened. Oh yeah, because it there's very things. It's like a chimpanzee with a gun. It understands the gun does something, but it doesn't understand what the gun does or how the gun works necessarily. But it has a gun. Gun go burr. It doesn't realize what's happening on the other end. Yes. When we cast spells as a people, we don't realize what we're doing. Well, and it's because we don't. Well, I don't believe in magic. Well, that's good. But weird exists. Yes. And how do I know this? Because it's weird that you said that. We once once we start delving into this part of the the, the wider Hyperborean way. I hope I said that in a in a very sexy way. That's my sexy voice. But um, yeah, once we started delving into how to explain this aspect of it, it's weird how much the word weird is used and used perfectly correctly. Oh, we use it accurately today. What we don't do is understand it. Mm -hmm. We don't understand what we're saying, but we are still using it correctly. And it's like uh, we use luck correctly. Like somebody who has never gone skiing before, all of a sudden goes down the worst possible slope backwards can't see where he's going just closes his eyes and just hopes for the best and then he hits he misses every single tree jumps off one of the things does a perfect loop-de-loop lands back down still going backwards keeps going through doesn't coast safely at the end and somebody hands him a hot cocoa on the way by and then he accidentally grabs up he he goes by someone with a hot cocoa and like you look like you could you thank you (laughs) and just and then it's like that it's a lucky bastard right there and he might never do that again because he used up all of his luck all the way down and then there are some lucky bastards that just have all the luck like something happened in their family line where basically when they were born they almost always have good luck they can be the dumbest block that ever dumbed and yet somehow some way everything always turns out right for them well like uh, we was discussing when we was discussing the topic because we discussed the topics before we discussed the topics. We just don't script anything. But when we was discussing um, my luck because I'm extremely lucky, and then kind of diagnosis like, no, I'm not really lucky because anything that like rolling dice, I'm not lucky. Gambling, picking lotto tickets, pulling slot machines. Things that uh, rely on luck. Oh, no, 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 dear child. I am not lucky at all. However, I fall off from a 150-foot cliff and land perfectly unharmed. I just bounce. And then I'm unharmed, not even a bruise. I'm in a car wreck. It flips end for end 12 times. It goes side for side or over the side so many times we don't even know. There's just big gouges in the earth. I ripped my shirt. Everybody else in the car is fucked up or not even in the car. Or dead. Well, nobody died, fortunately, because that was a real accident that happened. Nobody died. All I did, and I wasn't seat belted. all that happened was I ripped my shirt. And yes, I was a full-size adult, and I was sober. I fell off from a cliff that was 150 feet. I bounced at the bottom. Landed on my feet completely unharmed. I fell off from a five-story building. I landed on the one strip of grass that was about six feet wide. About three feet away from a post that could have skewered me. I bounced and landed on my feet unharmed. Sounds like luck, but it's not luck. It's weird. Yes, and you might have, it might be a natural weird, or it might be something as simple as when the gods were dishing out boons and banes, they were like, so this guy is going to have very interesting situations where he should die but doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's a really specific one. I just told him he'd have a big dick. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> there's, um, now what type of weird is that that causes me to survive these things? 
Well, maybe it's a nature bending or a, a, a who knows? It, it could be one of several things because I'm not going to get in some. We're going to save that for a different podcast. There's some weird shit. Everybody has weird ass stories. But these are things that's happened to me. It's not luck because I've tested my luck. My luck is absolutely horrible. But man, am I a survivor. And not through, I mean, some of it's through skill. But there's something else going on because you have to admit, that level of walking away from shit is not normal. I've been flung through forests and up against uh, like pine trees with the busted off limbs. And the limbs are in every kind of like in a cartoon in every position to not actually hurt me at right next to me. This is weird. Yes, it that's, is. That's my particular weirdness. Yes. And everybody has some kind of weird. Something's weird about maybe not to that level. Like you. Here's the thing. You might not have weird to an amazing level where you're like, oh, man, this is just so weird. And it happens to me all the time. I think most people do like you were saying. But there's some people it might be a lower level of weird, but think of it like a character sheet or a video game where you put points into certain stats. You might have a more even, even, even spread. So it seems like you can kind of do everything, but you're not particularly excellent at anything unless you really bend your mind to it and practice that specifically. But it seems like almost anything that you try to do, you, you can do it. Well, it's like, and then here's the thing is, even if you don't have a very strong weird, you can actually develop it through craft. Right. Craft can become weird and weird can interact with craft. Yes. So it's, it's a two-way street. Yes. The, it's part of the reason the best term I have for it is weird craft. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible name. Which I would say is uh, honestly the most common thing that we do. But some people only have craft. Until they develop it to the point where it becomes weird. Yeah, like uh, to use a cartoon example, One Punch Man. Yeah. Yeah, that that would he would that would be weird craft, weird craft if he wasn't, you know, Japanese. Well, in the way that they explained it. Yeah. Assume that he's he's this character's white. We're going to race bend a Japanese character. Well, really, we're just going to t- call a spade a spade because they depict themselves as white for yeah. some reason. Well, anyways, the the one. The way that he describes what he did was through hard work. Okay, so that makes it craft. Until you look at the hard work they did, and then you're like, what? No, that's weird. <laughs> well, and it's actually... Because well, what was that? 100 push-ups a day, 10 squats, running one kilometer? Well, and it's like talent versus hard work. Both are good, but some people just... They can play the piano perfectly after just listening. And then other people become piano grand just masters of playing it through decades of hard work. Well, and then some people can spend decades trying to master the piano and never be able to play chopsticks. Yes. It's like my family, to use an example, my family, almost every member of my genetic immediate family can play an instrument. Usually multiples. Actually, I can't play a single one. It is something I do not have the ability to do. It, it's it's just not in my abilities, but my my dad, my mom, my brother, all of them can play multiple instruments. Right. So you don't even necessarily always get the same weird as people that are closely related to you, but there is obviously some overlap. So it's like you might have a green thumb, but every one of your family members they touch plants, they slowly wither and die. Right. So um, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I know some people wanted us to uh, to dive more into this type of subject, and I, I hope that we answered some questions. I mean, for ourselves, we raised more questions than we. Oh could yeah, the, the, this this topic answer. is so big. Ooh, there, was there was no way. Yeah, to, there was so many call. things that we wanted to talk about that we never even touched. Oh yeah, well I'm gonna I'm gonna jam these in just because they're good. A couple of things that are actually weird abilities: storm callers and realm walkers. These are actually in the folklore. The storm callers can literally call storms. It might take a couple days for the cold front to get there, but they can call storms. They can get the rain to come. They can, and then realm walkers, pretty much what you'd think. They they can walk the realms. Right. Which both of these are extremely rare. Oh yeah, the, these are those are like really rare. 
weird it doesn't make them better. It just makes them less common. Yeah, there's they're very rare weird abilities. Like you might have generations without a single realm walker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hope that everybody had fun. Make sure to check us out on uh, Patreon where we post these podcasts, usually completely raw. Um, well, we have to turn up the volume a little bit, but completely unedited. We post them up before we post them anywhere else. Usually as quickly as we get these recorded. And then, um, yeah, some behind-the-scenes stuff. So support us on Patreon so that we can keep moving forward at a faster pace because we're going to keep going forward regardless. But the more resources we have, the faster that we can get there. And we can do that together. So, yeah, I'm out, and see you guys next week. And I'll simply ask... To everyone who's listening, what is your weird? What is your craft? Whether it be farming or green thumb, whether it be storm calling or weather forecasting, what is your weird? What is your craft? Food for thought.